as we close out this morning, the, um, the love month. It's been a good month, hasn't it? Have you enjoyed the love month? We've had some good times. If, um, if you missed any of the messages, I saw this morning on Facebook, um, one of the ladies in the church, and uh, she, she said, uh, um, anytime if there's someone sick and we can't come to church, we have options. And uh, it showed it, had a picture of our website with the message on it. And so if you've missed any of the messages, you can go to the Lord's House, Tyler.com, click on media, and all of the messages are there from all of the month and from some of last year too. And appreciate Brother Tyler and Davion back there working hard and Christian. Give them a hand clap. So if you missed, if you missed uh, intimacy with God, it's on there. If you missed intimacy in marriage or in the church or in the family last week, it's there. Go and listen and uh, catch up on what's going on. But today, we're talking about intimacy within the church. Intimacy within our church family. And so, uh, we want to just talk about that just a little bit, and uh, that'll be good. Do I sound okay out there? Okay. I'm going to adjust myself a little bit here, and then I'm going to go um, to my notes here. See what's going on. Amen. We're glad you're here today. We've been talking about intimacy. We know what intimate, the word intimacy uh, means belonging or chumminess. I want you to be chummy with your church family. I want you to be able to come in and smile at one another and rejoice. You know what? We, as Sister Amy said, we do build such a relationship because we see you more than a lot of our own natural family. And a lot of times your extended family especially, you see them on holidays and you see them at different times. But uh, it's your church family that you're building relationship with and God wants it to be that way. When you come into the house of God, that is one of the advantages. People that don't go to church, yes, no, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Uh, But, man, it's wonderful to have a place to hang out with fellow believers where you can increase your strength. Someone told me the other day, uh, we were at the gym, and they said, uh, they said, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I said, you're absolutely right. You, that, that's, that's totally true. And I said, you know what? We were, we, were, we were there at Planet Fitness. And I said, uh, you know what? You don't have to go to the gym to get in shape. And they said, you're right. I said, but there's something about being in this atmosphere. There's something about hundreds of treadmills going and people going and there's something about the motivation and there's something about and they begin to get it and they're like yeah I guess you're right there's something when you get in an atmosphere where other people are working out and exercising it makes you want to do it it's kind of hard to do it from the couch huh and so, yes, you can serve God and you can be, and people all over the world are serving God and people don't get to go to church and all that. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But there's something, when you can, when you have the opportunity, there's something about coming into the house of God and being with people, amen, who like you. I like to be where I'm liked. Amen? You go somewhere where people, you know people love you just the way you are. They, you, you know, do, do y'all know I have faults? If you don't ask my wife, she'll be glad to tell you. Listen, we go and we know that each other, we're not perfect, but we know that Jesus loves us and we're not what we're going to be, but we're sure not what we used to be. And we just accept each other for who we are 
And uh, we, we just leave every week feeling refreshed. And we get a word that, that God can carry us through the week. And so that's what it's all about. So we're, we're talking about building a place of belonging. A place of closeness. A place uh, where that we can have nearness and familiarity. Where we can begin to grow together and help build one another's strengths. That's what happens when you come into the Lord's house. And uh, you say, Pastor, I want to be a part of this church. When we pray over you, what we pray is that... That you bring your weaknesses and our strengths help fill those areas. We pray that you bring your strengths and help fill our weaknesses. You see, everybody working together, building the kingdom of God, building the church, and that's what a church family is all about. Amen? Now, we can't go into this without having to look back a little bit because it all goes together. We talked about intimacy with God, building a close relationship, loving God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, and then falling in love with Jesus all over again. You cannot fall in love with Jesus and not like his family. Brother Wickware, Lord bless his heart, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he pastored for many, many years all over and evangelized and Brother, Brother Herring, you, you'll, you'll relate to this. I mean, he had, he'd, he'd served in a lot of places, in a lot of churches, and he had to deal with a lot of deacon boards. And he was in pastoring this one church, and they came to him. They called him into a meeting, and they said, Brother, we love you, and we want you to be our pastor, but we don't want your wife. Now, how do you think that went over? Because you don't like my wife, you don't get me. You don't want her, you don't get me. Because we're one, we're inseparable, we're chummy. And that just blew my mind. He told me that story over and over and over. Yeah, we, we want you. He said he packed up the car and they left there. Uh, and so, you know what? There's, there's something that it all goes together. So we're going to kick it off this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives we talked about that during the marriage service, uh, but here it goes further. Even as Christ also loved the church. You see, marriage is a, is a picture of the church. The Lord wants to, as, as he begins to de- describe the church and the marriage and uh, the love relationship and the intimacy and all that. Amen. He's describing his relationship with us. Do you realize that we are the bride of Christ? It's kind of hard for us guys to, be, to think of ourselves as a bride. But I'm a bride. Oh, he is my bridegroom. And one day he's coming back to get me. And I'm ready to go to that marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm telling you, he's coming back after a church. He's coming back after a bride. And you know what? He says, as I love the church, husbands love your wives. And he said, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, how did Christ give himself for the church? He died. He gave the ultimate price. He gave everything up. And he's telling you husbands, you need to do the same thing for your wife. You be willing to lay down your life for her as I'm willing to lay down my life for the church. And you won't have any problems. It's when we start trying to pick our life up and dictate and run things 
uh, that we get in trouble. He said that I, he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, that it may, should be holy and without blemish. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the picture, the perfect picture of the church. And I don't think we're quite there yet. I think the church, now when we're talking about the church, we're not just talking about the Lord's house. We're talking about the whole body of Christ, every believer, every denomination. There's no denominations in heaven. There's none of that stuff. All that stuff is man-made. As many as call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and they're a part of the body of Christ. And so when I'm talking about the body of Christ and the church, I'm talking about it as a whole. And the church as a whole has some problems. It's not without spot or blemish. It kind of has a bad name in the world right now. And it's our own fault. Because we're not doing everything that God has called the church to do. And living up to all the standards that God has called us to live up to. And we're not, being, we're not loving like he loved and when, when we begin to, to not do what he taught us to do, when you don't love what he loves and hate what he hates, and then things kind of get mixed up a little bit, we start getting selfish. We start getting inclusive instead of exclusive. Listen, this thing is for everybody. It's not just for a few. Heaven's a big place. There's going to be a lot of folks there. Anybody here going to go? All right, a couple of you. I don't know where the rest of you are going. <laughs> Look at, look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. And I, I just want to, uh, I'm really just laying down a foundation. Just kind of going to preach slow and easy this morning because I want you to, to get this. I want you to listen to what we're talking about. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start reading in verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, think about it. There was no church. There was God's people. There were the, 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 the Jews, the Israelites. I'm so excited to get to go and meet some of them and see that place. And amen, just, just to get to experience uh, the, the, the whole culture and, and to see it all. But they were God's people and he loved them, but they rejected him and they killed him. Jesus rose from the dead, poured out the Holy Spirit. As we talked last Wednesday night in the parable where Jesus said, I have another fold and some more sheep too. <laughs> I'm glad that's us, the Gentiles. He called us into the fold. And we've got to come in and be a part of this. We were adopted into the family. I like adoption. See, I don't know if you know this, but your regular kids, the kids that you borned, you can cut them out of the wheel. They don't act right. Disown them, cut them out of the wheel. But if you adopt a child, you cannot cut them out. You cannot disown them. You cannot cut them out of the wheel. Once you've adopted them, buddy, you're, they're yours. I've been adopted into the family of God. I cry, Abba, Father. 
Amen. I was grafted into the vine. I wasn't born a, a natural Jew. Amen. But I'm a spiritual Jew. And when I called on the name of Jesus, his blood washed me whiter than snow. Amen. And I became a child of the Most High God, adopted into the family. Woo! And he said, in no wise will he cast me out. So all of a sudden here now, Jesus dies. He goes back to heaven. He's got a few disciples. And now then they go out and begin to preach and Bam, 3,000 folks got saved, and they go, okay, what are we going to do with all these people? Well, then, here's what happened. This is how the church began. It said, they continued steadfastly in the, doc- in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. Amy talked about fellowship a little bit. That's more than coffee and donuts. Fellowship is more than just getting together for a meal, but that's part of it. Part of fellowship is earlier a while ago when we all go around and shake hands and visit one another. And, you know, that, that's a part of fellowship. But they went into each other's houses and they broke bread together. They fellowshiped around the table. Now, we don't have problems with that. Christians, we love that fellowshipping around the dinner table and any table. And... Uh, and so we got that part down. We don't have to worry about that. They were, had fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, the prayers part, we could do a little more of that. We don't have problem in the breaking bread part. Sometimes we get together, and if we're not careful, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, sometimes when we're around the table, you know, like after church today, what, so many people. You know what a lot of churches will, uh, church members will have for lunch today? The pastor. They'll eat him up. They'll sit around the table breaking bread. It ain't breaking bread in prayer. It's breaking bread and gossip. Did you see what she had on? Well, ooh, I can't believe it. I wouldn't. Did you see him? Did you see the way they act? Did you? I saw them last week. You know what? I'm, I'm, Lord, forgive us. We're not supposed to have one another for lunch. We're supposed to build up each other, encourage each other. Listen, if, any, if anybody, you hear anybody talking bad about me, just tell them, oh, that's probably true. Pastor, he ain't, he ain't perfect. <laughs> but he sure does love Jesus, and he sure does love me. That's all I know. When we get together, we're breaking bread and prayers, and we need to come together and love on one another and encourage one another. And it said, then fear came upon the souls because many wonders and signs were done. Here's what happens when we come into the body. Now, here's how the church started. They used to go out into the marketplace. They'd go to Walmart. They'd go to their jobs. They'd go to schools, and they'd lay hands on the sick. Amen. They would raise up the dead. They would do miracles, and then they'd come together and testify about it. We don't do a thing out there all week long. We just want to come in here, have a little service, and then we go out there and tell people what we did in here on Sunday. We got it all backwards. We need to get back out in the world and share the love of Jesus. We need signs and wonders and miracles. We need the church in action. Amen. Not the church in a pew. We need the church in the world. Jesus did not die on the cross, shed his blood, take stripes on his back, amen, shed his blood, amen, have his beard plucked, nails pierced his hands and his feet so that you could come sit on a padded pew in the air conditioning, amen, and say, well, pastor, preached a little too long today. 
There's a world out there dying and going to hell. And there's somebody sitting right beside you that are, that's all dressed up and has a smile on their face, but their heart is breaking on the inside. Their family is going through troubles. They may be suffering on their job, their finances, their kids, their marriage. You never know when we come and we sit in this house. And sometimes, amen, you... Sometimes we know some issues, sometimes we don't. We, I know a lot more than you'll ever know because that's the pastor's job. And we look at it and I look at a cross and I know people's needs and I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, touch them today and minister to them today and let this word touch their heart today because I know they're struggling. But listen, it's important when you come in those doors hey, that you walk in and you begin to love one another. Yes, it's important to love God. And when you fall in love with Jesus, you'll fall in love with his people. Yes, it's important to fall in love with your spouse. Because when you have a good relationship with your spouse and with your, in your marriage, amen, you're going to treat your kids better. You're going to act better. You're going to have a better response to others. You can come in the house of God and, and be happier. A lot of times, it's, it's tough. Half the Sundays, people can't get anything I say because they done gotten fight on the way to church. And all they can think about is, you know, what he said, what she said, and couldn't find the kid's shoes. And was, you know, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen on Sunday morning. You don't have those problems on Monday morning, usually. Just on Sunday. It's because that's the devil's business. He wants to keep you from getting into the house of God, keep you from getting in God's presence, keep you from getting around God's people, because he knows there's some amazing things to happen around here. Amen? Well, it said they had all things in common. They were continued daily in the temple, breaking bread and meat. And they had gladness and singleness of heart. I don't know about you, but I'm always glad to get to come to the house of God. I never feel like I have to go to church. I get to go to church. I'm always glad to see you, and I miss you when you're not here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24, said, Let us consider one another... To provoke unto love and to good works. Now, how often do you consider one another during the week? How often do you provoke people to good works? Now, if we're not careful, you know, last week we talked about parents. Uh, we, we touched a little bit on fathers not provoking your kids to anger. Sometimes we can be too harsh and be too hard. But God wants us to provoke one another to good works. He wants you to come in here and so stir somebody up with your testimony, with your life, with what's going on. They can't wait to get out there and do something good because they said if he can do it, if she can do it, I can do it. Consider one another. Provoke each other to love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You say, well, Pastor, why, is it, why do I need to go to church? Because the word said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Anybody know the manner of some is? Yeah. You know, I know on a weekly basis things happen. We, you, you, you know we only have about 75% of our church shows up on any given Sunday. We've got over 300 members, and we, we, sometimes we run, we're down today, usually we run anywhere from two to three, but you, there's no way you're ever going to get everybody here on the same day. Who, who, who was not here last week? Anybody not here last week? See those hands, see there? And you, you're here this week, and the people that were here last week, and sitting where you're sitting, they weren't, they're not here today. 
And then next week, uh, I won't be here. <laughs> and so, several people have already told me, Pastor, I'm not going to be here. Now, Pastor, it's not because you're not going to be here. I said, sure. Pastor leaves. Everybody thinks, well, I'll just stay, off, stay home today. That's not the case. You be here next week. Just because I'm not here, I check. Tell, tell Pastor Leah, you take a picture, send it to Israel. I'm going to look and see who was here. Who's in their pew? Who's not? Every time, every time I used to, ever when we'd travel, I'd call Mama on Sunday afternoons and she'd go down the list. Who was there? Who was, who was not? I want to I know. I check on you because it's, in, I, I, you know, you, you don't understand. Every week you, you pray, you prepare, you work, you get ready. And then I come and I stand and I look out here at all these empty places and I start thinking, where's so-and-so? Where, where's, where's all these tenders? It's, I know there's people sick. We've got people in the hospital. We've got a lot of things going on. And, and it bothers me. I worry. Parents, you, you, you ever you cook dinner for all your kids and, and some of them not show up? Do you ever wonder where they're at? Now let me ask you this. Would you ever, if your mama was cooking dinner and you couldn't make it, would you ever think not to call her and tell her? Huh? How many of you call and say, Pastor, I'm not going to be at church today this next week and here's why? No, y'all just let me worry. No, a lot of you do, and I appreciate that. I get text. I got text this morning. I get text almost every Sunday morning. Sorry, Pastor, I can't come. I'm sick. This, that. I appreciate that because now when I look out in that spot, I, I know where that person's at. Because I do worry about you. You, you're, you're my sheep. I'm the shepherd. If you want to go find another flock, that's okay. But just tell me, because I want to stop shepherding you. Yeah, I don't want to worry about you no more. If you want to go eat in another field, go ahead. It's okay. But just let me know so I won't have to spend my time praying and seeking God and checking where you're at. We'll turn you over to that other shepherd. I'm just playing. Don't go nowhere else. Lord, I pray if they go eat in another field, the grass make them sick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. For ye are all, everybody say all, the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, There's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how it is in all the world, and I don't know how it is in all the churches or in all the denominations, but I'm going to tell you how it is in the Lord's house. When you walk in those doors, there's no Jew nor Greek. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? There is no ethnic preference in the Lord's house. We're all one church, we're all one body, we're all one family, and it doesn't matter what color you are, you are our brothers and our sisters. Yes, I know, there are prejudices in the world, but not in the Lord's house. There's no Jew nor Greek. We're all the body of Christ. There's no bond nor free. Economics does not matter at the Lord's house. 
doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter your education. When you walk through those doors, you're our brothers and our sisters, and we love you just the way you are, and we're here to bless you. When you walk through those doors, there's no male nor female. We don't, there's no, well, you know, you know all these women, I'll tell you women, y'all better cover y'all's head and shut your mouth. Thank God for our ladies. Thank God for our intercessors. Thank God for the ones who pray. And amen. Thank God for our men who stand up. But when you walk in the house of God, we're the children of the Most High God. Amen. We don't think, amen, one's better than, listen, God has called all of us. Amen. To do a work, I want you to do what God has called you to do. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. When you walk through those doors of the Lord's house, amen, lay aside every tag and every other uh, sticker and voila, because I, I, I like what somebody said the other day. Uh, on Wednesday night, it might have been Brother David. He said all the tags that people lay them, lay, you know, put on themselves, amen, two things. Amen, when the Lord comes, they're either going to blow off or burn off, one or the other. So I don't want to put any labels. And You know what? I, I'm a Christian. I want to be Christ-like. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower of Jesus. People always say, well, where do you go to church? What does that matter? If I'm a disciple, if I'm a Christian, if I'm a born-again believer, if I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, what does it matter what church I go to? I tell them I go to the Lord's house. They say, I know that, but what's the name of your church? <laughs> That's why I say, it's the Lord's house. I know that, but I always have fun with that one. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We're, we're finishing, finishing up here. First Corinthians chapter number 12. And I would already be there, but I just deleted the app. Just, I just turned it off. I got to turn it back on. Fancy things are fun, but sometimes it's just quick. I could look it up faster and I can do this. First Corinthians. Where did I say we were going? Thank you very much. See what the body of Christ does? They help one another. 12 what? I didn't say. 12, 14. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 14. Look how easy that was. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Again, the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to me more feeble are necessary. 
those members out of the body which think less honorable than those we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness for our comely parts have no need but God has tempered the body together given more abundant honor to that part with lack that there should be no schism in the body everybody say no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it or one member be honored all the members should rejoice with it now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular I'm going to stop right there there's so much we could read so it said here it said we're all one body but we don't all have the same the same function you can't have the eye can't say to the hand hey I don't need you I can see all by myself and the hand goes yeah you might can see it but you can't pick it up isn't that crazy how we, well the, the, you know how the, 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 the ear would tell the, the no I don't need you I can hear good enough but isn't it good to smell some stuff some things you want to hear, some things you want to see, some things you want to smell, some things you want to touch. We want to get all of our senses involved. And God said, we're all one body, but I've set you in this body as different functions. And people say, well, I'm just a little toe, and I'm of no importance, and nobody cares about me. And you just stump that little dude and see if nobody cares about you. That little toe can make the entire body suffer. Huh? So listen, here's the deal. There are no unimportant parts in the body. You say, Pastor, I don't really do a lot. I just, you know, maybe I take care of the nursery or I clean the church or I, I'm a musician or I'm a singer or I'm a greeter or I'm a usher or maybe I just sit on the pew. Listen, here's the deal. Everybody can't have a main part. If everybody was up speaking right now, who would be listening? And if everybody sat out there and listened and there was nobody to speak, what good would that do? We've got to have people taking care of children, people taking care of youth, and we had the church was, you know, beautifully clean and everything was in order, everybody. I mean, we had some donuts and some coffee. Everybody was doing their part. And when everybody does their part, everything flows together and we have a wonderful day. You don't know what all went into it. You just come in going, whoa, wasn't that a wonderful service? Huh. Yeah, we've been here since 7 o'clock working on this thing trying to get everything into place and all week long and you know so sometimes you don't know all the, the gears and the workings of it if you're not involved in that part of it but we have to have you we have to have people who come we have to have people who pray we have to have people uh, who love it's time for, for fellowship I can't get out there and fellowship with everybody it's, it, you have to get out there and do your part let me ask all these people over here on this side do y'all know all them people on that side a lot of head shaking. No, I don't know them. There's a lot of people in the middle. You don't know these other. Listen, it's important that you get to know one another. Okay. Now, we're gonna we're gonna get into miracle march. Man, I'll start preaching like a house of fire. We'll have miracles. We'll lay hands on the sick. We'll do all that. But none of that is. If we don't have unity right here in the body, it's just as important when we have fellowship time for you to go across the building and introduce yourself to someone to talk to the people you do know and say hey how was your week and you know what I was thinking about you this week and I was praying for you this week I noticed you weren't here last week and I missed you now see here's the deal people say well that's pastor's job but here's the deal I can tell people I missed them and I do I'm sincere but it really it even means more when somebody 
from the other side of the building that maybe they, you don't even know comes up to you and says, hey, I've been missing you in your spot. And you're thinking, I didn't even know they knew I was in my spot. I didn't even know that. You know, It makes you feel good when someone notices you. Now, let's cover one more little thing and then we're going to pray on. In a natural family, is it always peaceful? Do you ever have problems in your family? Well, when you do, don't you just want to leave it? I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm done with that family. I'm done, I'm gone. I'm just abandoning them, I'm done. Well, you know, you, know what, you know what we do? We deal with it. Okay? Now, let me tell you something. There's one thing. <laughs> y'all, y'all want to hear about an impossible? Jesus said some stuff was impossible. And if Jesus says it's impossible, brother, it's impossible. Jesus says it's impossible for offense not to come. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. It happened to me, it's going to happen to you. If you live in this world, it's impossible for offense not to come sooner or later. But here's the problem, is when offense comes within the family. How do you handle offense? get offended I've offended people 99.9% of the time it's unintentional you say pastor when do you offend people on purpose never really offended anybody on purpose I have preached the word and not cared if, if you, know, you know what I'm saying I'm always going to preach the word straight I'm not going to be afraid to preach the truth I don't just use the Bible as a hammer to beat people over the head but I'm going to preach the Sometimes I, I say I tell jokes or I say things that offend people. I don't. I totally I don't mean to. Sometimes you say things. People come by you. We'll be at the door and people will come by. I'll be talking to somebody else and somebody will come by and for some reason I didn't get to acknowledge them or I didn't see them or I missed them or something and then they get offended because pastor didn't speak to them. I promise you, it's not intentional. Sometimes you look across the church and you see somebody and you smile and you wave and they don't smile and wave back and now all week long you're offended and they didn't even see you. They were looking past you at somebody else or something. And so the, the, the devil's good at stirring up trouble. One thing I love about the Lord's house and always have loved is we've been such a wonderful, peaceful church. Thank God we've never had major problems. It's because we've got such wonderful people. But we're all humans. And at times, things happen. How do you handle those things? What the Bible says, number one, is go to that brother and make it right. The Bible says if you come to the altar to pray and you have ought against your brother, go to your brother first. It, yeah, thank you. It said it's your brother has ought against you. In other words, it's not even your fault. You didn't do that. Go to them and say, brother, I'm so sorry. That's my natural brother. And so even when I do offend him, he still has to come back. <laughs> he did miss a couple Sundays, though, maybe. And I said something wrong. I don't know. But I, mess, I messed with him because he had a birthday and he didn't show up. No. But see, you, I would go to him and I'd say, hey, did I, did I do something? Did I say something? And if I did, here's the deal. Here's what I tell husbands and wives, especially wives. Because husbands, we take you at your word. 
we go to our wife and I, I can tell something's wrong. She's a little upset. She's got, you know, I can just tell. And I come to her and I say, sweetheart, is there something wrong? And she says, no. And I go, okay, <laughs> I'm good. I asked, you said no. I'm about my business. If there's something wrong, you better tell me. Because I'm not smart enough. I ask. Here's the deal. If somebody comes to you and they say, hey, there's something wrong, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Say yes. I got offended. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. Pastor, whatever. And you know what? Then say, you know what? Let's make it right. Now, you don't go and talk about it. You don't gossip about it. You don't go. You go to the person personally. Then if they don't want to hear you, then you can bring it to an elder. You can bring it to the pastor. And, and we'll, But here's the deal. There's nothing that can't be fixed. We're a family. We're going to live together, and we're going to go to heaven together, and we're going to live together forever. And if you don't like me now, I pray the Lord puts your house right beside mine. So you have to see me for eternity. <laughs> I think that's, that, that, that may be the way things work. You know? If you have issues with here, if you even make it, because the Bible says if you have ought against your brother, the Bible said, you know what Jesus said? When you come and ask for forgiveness, he said if you don't forgive others their trespasses, I won't forgive you yours. So there's something. You can't be holding no grudges and unforgiveness and bitterness and all that in your heart uh, against your brothers and sisters in the house of God you got to forgive. Guess what? Y'all got to forgive me. You've got to love me. No matter what. And I love you no matter what. Because we're family. Amen? Now here, every, every week, uh, we've had a challenge. And uh, we talked about our, our intimacy with God. Challenge you to, in your devotion time to get a new devotion book or spend some extra time do something different build in relation with God with, with the, in marriage you know something new spice it up come on be more romantic guys I, I've heard some good stories some good things of guys doing some nice things for their wives keep it up that's just not for the love month that's for the rest of your life happy wife happy life come on now come on go keep it keep it fresh keep it new don't get in a rut uh, in our families Intimacy within the family. Do something, young folks, with your kids. Uh, you know, now it's kind of hard. Me and my family, we have one show. There's one time that we, and we usually record it forever because we're never home together. But one time we like to sit down and watch an action. Uh, and that's about the only thing we do because we're, our kids work and they're busy and they're gone. But when you have young kids, do a game night. Do a something. Do a whatever. You know, I saw, I saw Josh just a second ago uh, got up with his two boys because I told him, if I preach a little long, you get up and leave. Why? Because he's taking his boys to the circus. Why? Because that's it's what it's all about. It's about building a relationship. It's about spending time with your boys. It's about going and seeing some animals. It's about doing something. You work all week long, but it, you have to build relationship with your kids. Do something new. Have a game night. Take them to McDonald's and let them play. Do something besides just sit in front of the TV. And the last thing on, on intimacy in the church. I challenge you. Get involved. Be a part of this family. There's a lot going on. We have Sunday mornings. This is, you know, 10.30 to 12.30 on Sunday mornings. Uh, but that's not all there is. Wednesday nights, we have, we have children we have babies, we have youth service, we have our adult class right here from 7 to 
There's the food ministry that meets the second and the fourth Monday night. You can go to the food bank on Thursdays. You can come sack groceries. You can carry groceries out for people. Uh, you can. There's so much that you can do. There's mops for all the young moms that meets uh, twice a month. So if you're young, if you're old, if you're whatever in between, there's something to get involved with. And that's the way you build relationships. When we had our Valentine's banquet, oh my goodness, we had a packed house. All the pictures were so fun. and It was great to see people interacting outside the church, laughing and cutting up and, uh, you know, just all the fun we had. You got to see Pastor Marcelo in a whole new light. You know, we know more about him than we needed to know. But that, but that, that's what it's all about. It's fun to get to know you, to, to laugh, and you know. Then when we come in the back in the church, we feel closer to one another because we go, "Wow, they really are just human. They really do think like I think." And you know, we, you know, we enjoy the same things. And so that's what it's all about. So I challenge you to get involved in the church, get involved with what's going on, come and be a part. Come, we need people to just to walk around on Wednesday nights and. Uh, Watch the kids. Watch the youth. We need people to just... Uh, to, there's something to do. Amen? So that's my challenge. To get involved. Alright. So glad you could join us, son. I'm through, but I'm glad you made it. He just came to eat with me. It was good miss my boy. He's been out of town all, all weekend, so glad he made it home safe. I'm going to tell you something. I'll be just flat honest with you. When, when I saw him walk across there, my heart, oh, there's my boy. You know what? I hadn't seen him always. had a hard week. He's worked all week. He went out of town. I haven't seen him. And that's exactly how I feel about you. When you're not here, you are my family. I love you. I cry when you cry. I hurt when you hurt. When you rejoice, I rejoice. When you get something new, I celebrate it. Uh, because I love you. And so, don't... Me and Sister Amy, we're not unreachable. We're normal people. You can reach us anytime, anywhere. We'll be there for you if we can. We want to help you. And we love you. We thank you for being a part of our church. We know there's lots of good church families. But thank you being a part of our church family. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to ask our care pastors if they'll come and um, I'm going to ask you just to stretch your hands out toward us. And, uh, I want you to, to pray for our safety. We're excited. You know, do you know why we're going to Israel? Because our church family made it possible. Three years ago for pastor appreciation we had no clue you guys raised the money and said we want you to go to Israel and so uh, we raised enough that time for like one ticket we've been putting money back this last past appreciation offering last year we put that back also and so now's the time we've got enough and we're going Tuesday but we would not be going if it weren't for you it was your idea and so we thank you for that you're having a dream come true for us and that's what families do and so we want to come back with new vision and new passion and uh, come back to be able to preach to you. 
and uh, Sister Amy's going to go walk on the same water Jesus walked on. Yeah. Jacob said, don't try to walk on that water. She said, I can do it. Don't tell me I can't. Listen, if Mama says she can walk on the water, she can. That's right. Amen. So I don't care, pastors, come on. Y'all come. Stand to your feet. Stretch your hands out this way. And uh, y'all pray over us. Oh. Father, we pray for your provision, God. We pray for your direction. Could your angels surround them, God, on the car that they're going to drive up to Dallas and the plane that they're going to fly, Lord Jesus. We pray that you just, just doors and, and speak to them as they're in Israel, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you will take them and bring them back safe and sound, Lord Jesus. We pray for the people bring it up. They do, Father. Oh, we send them with your blessing, with your angels around them, keeping them safe, Lord Jesus. Speak to them. Give them your revelation, Father, on the places that, that you leave here on earth, God, Lord Jesus. Speak to them so they can come back, Lord Jesus, and be a blessing to this church, to this community, God, as as we move on, Lord Jesus, for your Amen. Amen. We receive it. Amen. You may be you may be seated. Amen. You may be seated just a moment. Brother Jamie's coming to close us out. We will see you. And we're coming back with good reports and we'll be blessed. Brother Jamie, where's the microphone? There it is right there. Jamie's going back to that handheld. Hey Amen. How many of you guys love our pastors? Good pastors. I'd like to uh, make sure the ushers are ready. Uh, you know, we did raise the money for them to go to Israel, which we're definitely excited about. We were able to help them with, but how many of those traveling's expensive? We're going to make sure that we have some money in their pockets to spend while they're on their way for food. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead at this time. If you want to dig into your purses and wallets, we're going to invite the ushers to come on through and take up a love offering for our pastors. So I'll go ahead and pray over the offering, and then I'll go through announcements in a minute. Lord God, right now we thank you for this day and our pastors and our family here. Lord, we thank you for each person that's able to contribute to help our pastors go to Israel and, and see the places they've always wanted to see, Lord. Lord, I ask you to bless this offering, Lord. Let it help meet their needs as they go on this trip. And just be with them and bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as they're taking up the offering. I guess I'll go ahead and read the announcements. So if you don't have a bulletin, you can go ahead and grab one of those before you guys leave today. Uh, a couple announcements. <clears throat> the first one I did want to mention is not on here. We did add two new handicapped parking spots out front uh, for those who need that. Uh, so please make sure if you're used to parking in the same spot, make sure that it's not a handicapped spot now. Uh, only park in those handicapped spots if it's absolutely necessary and you have a handicapped sticker. Uh, so please keep those available for the handicapped. Uh, also, tomorrow night is Manor House. Uh, it's February 23rd. Volunteers can show up at 6 o'clock. The public can show up at 6.30.
Uh, if you'd like to help and you have questions, you can visit with Bob and Joan Zern. And then also there's some birthdays coming up this week I'd like to announce. Uh, today, the 22nd, uh, happy birthday to Nathan Anglo. Uh, on the 24th, Elijah Sines and uh, Deidre Harvey. Uh, happy birthday on the 25th to Sammy Young. Happy birthday to Caitlin Woolley on the 27th. And then happy birthday to Virginia Gwynn on the 29th. So everybody give them a round of applause. Happy birthday, guys. Amen. We're almost up to the front with the offering. I'll go ahead and pray and dismiss us. If we're almost here at the front for the ushers, if there's not anything else, we'll go ahead and pray. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. He said, put my name upon him and I'll bless him. So, Father, right now we just thank you for our church congregation. We ask you just to put the name of Jesus upon them, protect them this week, bring them back safely next week. Be with our pastor and Sister Amy as they travel and protect them as well, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.